0: Everybody to the latest episode of the The Geek Geek Buddies. Buddies. We are back out here at the ArcLight Bar outside with some drinks with us. Uh, uh, Michael and I had just come out of uh, seeing Abominable, and then Shannon McClung came and joined us for this uh, main episode of the Geek Buddies for the week. By the way, my name is John Roca. I'm a writer, producer, and host over at Collider, co-host of the Top Ten Show. And the cinephiles, and one of my, and the host of the Deep Cut, which is quietly becoming my one of my favorite shows to do.
1: Oh, my name is Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and uh, a proud dog owner, and a uh, uh, lover <laughs> of. Um, nature i'm just trying to come up with more credits because johnny has so many
2: okay well my my name is shannon mcclung i'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on blackish the league and workaholics and this evening Instead of having a regular dinner, I bought some veggie chips from Target and ate half the can. I'm like, well, they're veggie chips; they got to be healthy. But they that was your dinner. They taste too much like Pringles. So I looked it up online. It's like, well, they're like 30 percent better than Pringles, but they're not good for you. Wait, (laughs) that was your dinner? I was. It was completely by accident. I I needed something salty, and I just ended up.
0: uh, It was. uh, Is this depression? Is this the first sign of depression?
2: I well, you know, Michael and I are are working on a little something right now. You are. I finished my portion today, and. And oh, you finished your portion. I finished my portion, oh. <laughs> and, oh. and then I um I sent it off to he, Mike.
1: The way it is is, Shan writes his portion of what we're doing. Yes. He sends it to me, and then I rewrite a bunch of it and make him feel bad about what he wrote. Wow. But most of it was pretty good. He
0: did a good job. I see why you're eating the veggie chips now. <laughs> if he rewrites most of it, it makes you feel bad about I it. Know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to fill a hole. <laughs>
2: Of, ...of validation hole. that I'm not getting from
1: my Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: Not enough veggie chips in the world.
1: Uh, now, now, I know, now I know that when we turn the script in, I'm just going to send you a thing of veggie chips with a little bow on it.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, I, sh- I really should have aimed higher with what, I, yeah.
0: with what I chose to gorge
2: on. Perfect.
0: Uh, well, for those of you who are new to our show, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for listening to us. And we've discovered that a few people have discovered us and then gone backwards and... And have started listening from episode one. So if you caught up to this episode, keep going. Good job, Good guys. job. And there's more well to come. Well done. Yeah, well done. Absolutely. Uh, but how we usually do the show, if you're new, if this is your first episode, is we each have a geek news item we bring to the Geek Buddies to discuss, and then we'll Talk about an overall topic, and our overall topic uh, tonight is going to, or today is going to be, depending on when you're listening, is going to be about how uh, comic book movies are starting to move into serious consideration for awards, and if maybe Joker will be the one that finally breaks the schneid on a best picture superhero comic book movie, maybe. Breaks the what? the schneid it's an old term the schneid yeah break the schneid you ever heard of that did no. you just make that up it's a like no are okay. uh, you sure it's the 60s 70s uh, kind of, yeah the schneid yeah break the schneid how, how, how do you spell that S- um s-c-h <laughs> S- do
2: talk to tech see if schneid comes <laughs> I'm not up. doing that because she's she's not that old break the Siri. schneid
0: yeah isn't that what it's called Break the schneid? I mean... Yeah, get off the... It's a... It's a, It's a. a. Uh, oh, I'm very surprised at you. It's a German-Yiddish word. Uh, Michael Vogel, who's German and Yiddish. Uh, Jewish, it, but okay. Jewish, well, Yiddish is... Isn't that part of... Like, it says to get off the schneid means to break a scoreless streak. Okay. So that's what I mean. Get All off right, the schneid. All right, well... Yeah. Michael with the Yiddish and the German dropping the dropping the schlumps. It also means one's who,
1: one who cuts the cloth. Hello. Oy, Gewaltz. <laughs> 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 Who got the cloth in here? Who knew? See, listen to the geek buddies. Learn some Yiddish. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> it's a multifaceted podcast, you guys. Tell your friends. Uh, the guy with the thing.
0: Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway um, so I'm going to start off first. Uh, we decided ahead of time. Uh, and my uh, subject or my geek news item is these rumors that have popped up about uh, uh, the Russo brothers. Well, not rumors really, but like some intimations from a Q&A that the Russo br- brothers did at TIFF where they were asked about what it would take for them to come back. Uh, to the MCU, uh, and they responded to the question. It was Joe Russo who responded, and he said, I grew up on John Byrne's X-Men run. Ben Grimm was a favorite character growing up. The Thing and Fantastic Four is now in the Marvel fold. There's a lot. Silver Surfer is an amazing character going really big and cosmic. Would be a lot of fun, so there's a lot of things that could attract us. Uh, and we're compelled to tell more stories on that scale with that sort of years-long ambition to them. Uh, and speaking about uh, Feige, Luis Esposito, and Victoria Alonso, uh, Russo added, their like family to us now. We're all very, very close to one another, and we miss each other. So I'm sure we'll find something that we can do together soon. So this, of course, exploded the internet. Everybody running around with this idea that it will be the Russo brothers who take on the Fantastic Four. And remember, Feige said it will be about five years before we see X-Men or Fantastic Four. So... Something like that kind of intimated someone. So my thing is, do you guys like this idea of the Russo brothers being the team that takes on Fantastic Four, or do you think they've done enough and maybe some new directors should come in?
2: I don't think anyone would argue that the Rus- the Russo brothers should be able to direct whatever Marvel property they want to mm. <laughs> by now, having, having made four of the best films yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't take it that they're going to be coming back to Marvel anytime soon. And, okay. And that they have been working with them for the last like eight years right and at at their uh panel at comic-con this past july they they have other like they want to tell other stories like i imagine they they had a blast cracking that story and 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 just making these tremendous strides in the mcu but they also probably want to do something a little different so yeah. i don't necessarily take that as they're coming back to direct the fantastic four but i, I think it would be a great idea though. yeah I think maybe I do a little bit. You do
1: uh, well. Look, because uh, yeah. what what is that? What is the movie they have coming out soon? Twenty One Bridges from STX. Bridges.
2: Yeah, they produce it. They didn't direct. They it. They produced right. it and didn't direct it. But
1: there's a cherry film they're working on. On they can't. That's find a female the female Holland lead yet. movie, yeah, right? Yeah, Tom Holland. I think if you talk about, and Johnny said this. Like, I mean, what the rumors that I've heard, and what everybody's saying is, you know, a Fantastic Four and or an X Men movie in like twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, maybe even twenty four. That's enough of a gap that they can go do some other movies and come back and dive back in. And I, to your point, I think nobody would argue that they could do whatever they wanted in the Marvel Universe, probably including Disney and Marvel. Yeah. Like, I think that given that they helmed the movies that they helmed, that Kevin Feige, Bob Iger, anybody who has to, like, approve this thing says, what do you want? And if they want to do X-Men or they want to do Fantastic Four, they want to tell the Galactus story, they want to do whatever they want to do, I think they get to do it. And I think given the time gap, I think they do need a break. You know, I mean, after tackling Infinity War and Endgame, anybody would be like, I'm, gonna, I'm about to fucking die. But you take a couple years, you do a couple smaller films, you have a nice time, you dive back into pre-production, and then you start tackling three or four movies – that are the uh, let 's introduce the fantastic four let 's have a big doctor doom battle let 's lead let 's have the silver surfer come in let 's right. build the galactus like the the geek the geek love is strong for people who love those things, and for them to go and say like we love this story, that would be an amazing thing that's more or less saying that would get us back to Marvel and we 'll do it
0: yeah, I feel like they wouldn't have said that if they hadn't had some conversations about it with Marvel. Nothing about Marvel ever just gets said by these people at this level. It's always just a little bit of kind of like, maybe. It's not saying they will do it. It's saying, if we were to come back, this is the way we'd like to come back. This is a property we'd love to come back to. Mentioning John Byrne's X-Men, I think, is their way of playing both sides. Either way, they could do it. Yeah. But Fantastic Four is the one that they that Joe went on, on on about. So to me, that strikes me as something that seems more closer to what they want to do. And I'll tell you this. If it's a passion project of theirs, I absolutely want the Russo brothers to do it. On Movie Talk today, Jeff Snyder and both Mark Andrego and Jeff Snyder were saying that they don't see a visual style from the Russo brothers like you do from Ryan Coogler or from uh, uh, Taika Waititi. But I pushed back on that thinking it's really incredible to be able to do what they did over the last few films with that many characters in those environments. So for me, if you're going to go Fantastic Four, I think you want to go with a proven track record directors who are in your franchise who understand your franchise and know how to how to guide that ship home
1: i think it's true i mean i think it's a valid point to say that i don't think the russo brothers are necessarily visual directors in mm-hmm. the way that Kugler or ytd or even Gunn is like I, if you look at like winter soldier civil war infinity war and Endgame. yeah aside from just the scale of the movies there's not a it doesn't have the stamp that, like, Taika Waititi put. Like, you, you see a Taika Waititi movie, you're like, that's a Taika Waititi movie. Sure. Uh, they don't have that, but the, to your point, yeah. the exceptionalism of storytelling, the exceptionalism of the way that they shoot some of the action sequences, yeah. the exceptionalism of t- putting that many characters on screen, on telling something on the scale of Infinity War or Endgame. Right. I would be like, look, maybe you don't have a specific visual style but you told a story that's bigger than anything I've seen in movies. I think you can handle Galactus. Sure.
2: And then you add on top of that that they were able
1: to take other people's visual styles and meld them
2: into two coherent films. I mean, it's like they took a little – they took some James Gunn. Right. They took some Coogler. I mean, they they were using everyone else's – A little features. bit
1: of Coogler in my, in my film. film. A, little a little bit of Gun James Gunn in my – hi- Okay. That's enough of that. <laughs>
2: Sorry. But that's no small feat. Yeah. I mean that's a, that's a,
0: that's an impressive task. And I would push back and say a little bit, in Winter Soldier, that's a very distinct point of view about the overreach of government in our lives that's and not the, a visual stuff. And, and Just, the viola- oh right, right. But I'm yeah, saying
1: yeah. The, I'm saying more the story, what you were no, saying, no. Mike. Yeah, yeah. 100%. the story aspect I of it I think what I love about their films is, to your point, yeah, yeah. the point of view of what the story is is very clear. Mm-hmm. To your point, Winter Soldier is a very clear point of view about the government. Civil War, they had two very clear points in what uh, Cap thought and what Tony thought. And that was like, they're very good storytellers. And to be able to tell a very clear story when you're dealing with all the moving pieces that they're dealing with, like, that is impressive. Like, that is huge. So, yeah, I think uh, if whatever they want to do, let them do it.
0: I don't want to take a chance on a new direct. I mean, we did that already. Josh Trank was a new director in Fantastic Four. Who uh, Tim Story, I think, who did the uh, he did, did the, the originals. Yeah. yeah, I don't want a new director. I want a tried and true, proven director to not fuck this up uh, and get it right because this is the third chance at trying to get this right, and I think. Feige has proven with Sp- Spider-Man is the biggest proof that if, you, he's, if he's given a shot at something, he will resuscitate it, no matter how many different versions there was yeah. before. So,
2: and Peyton Reed, who was actually yeah. uh, attached to one of those earlier versions before yes. Tim Story signed on, yeah. um, he I know he has made mention in certain interviews that he would like to take a swing at it as yeah, well. Yeah. Between those two. I would choose Russo. Brothers. I would, too,
0: judged on Ant-Man and the Wasp, which isn't as good as Ant-Man. So I, I, I too, I would feel that way as well. I think Peyton Reed's a limited—I think Peyton's a good director. I just think Peyton Reed's a limited director in terms of scope, right? Whereas with—and uh, and the Quantum Universe was fantastic, but, I mean, the Russo brothers are dealing with multiple planets. This is where the Fantastic Four exist, especially with Galactus, who is the eater of planets. So
1: I mean, God, I just want to see a movie where Galactus isn't a big, puffy cloud.
0: <laughs> you know what the rumors—oh, God, Jesus. You know what the rumors are for Galactus is Liam Neeson. I'm just telling you.
1: I'm trying to come up with a Taken joke right now, but I can't. (laughs) But I just, I'm picturing Galactus like screaming into a phone that he's going to come and get somebody. An enormous phone. An enormous phone.
0: <laughs> uh, with that, ha- that purple hat on. I'm going to come to your planet. I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm just like, you're dead.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, who's up next? Uh, that would be me. Okay. So
2: it was reported in Variety that um, these Disney Plus series, they're starting to uh, amass some very impressive casts. Yeah. So for the uh, upcoming Hawkeye series... Uh, it has not been confirmed or denied, but it, apparently they are zeroing in on uh, uh, Haley uh, Stanfeld.
0: Yeah, according to Bryce, she was offered the role
2: from True Grit. Who's she's an Academy Award nominated actress um, from Bumblebee um, for the role of Kate Bishop. Yeah. Now, for those of you that don't know who Kate Bishop is, she was as is she's one of the Young Avengers. Yep. She took over the mantle of Hawkeye yeah. when Clint Barton was dead at the time, and then uh, she ended up sharing the uh, comic pages with uh, Clint Barton in this fantastic miniseries. Was it 2012? The Hawkeye. And so, uh, I don't know. Fraction. I lost the
0: cover. <laughs>
1: Oh, Jesus. All
2: right, we're about to get into some interpersonal stuff Mad Matt quick.
0: Fraction, great graphic novel. My friend gave it to me. I can't find the paper cover that has the copyright on it.
1: I give I give Johnny a lot of comics, and I never get oh. them back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ever okay. since London, when he started stealing my comic books when we lived together. I had to read something
0: while I was in the pooper. Anyway, go ahead. Yes.
2: So, yeah,
0: an Academy Award-nominated
2: actress uh, could be up for the role of Kate Bishop. Yeah. She'd be sharing the screen with Jeremy Renner. It'll be interesting because Jeremy Renner's not that tall a guy and she is kind of a tall tall mm. lady mm. apple crates a- yeah sure yeah, they're called apple boxes mm, thank <laughs> you <sir>.
1: whatever <laughs> i don't need them i'm six feet tall so like a guy okay I, I, pump the brakes right. <laughs> <Gigantoric>. <laughs> galactus <laughs> hey, you got galactus, galactus over, over here, here. <laughs> no apple boxes for this guy uh, uh, so, so what do we think
2: of this casting
0: i love it she's great yeah I love it. I think it's a great choice because she, once you say, like you said, Oscar nominated actress for True Grit, really fantastic stuff. Uh, and she was
1: great in Bumblebee. Yeah,
0: she's very sweet in Bumblebee. I think this is a nice challenge for her as an actress as well because this is a very physically demanding role. This is a superhero role. Uh, she has taken over the mantle from someone else. So there's going to be more to it. There going be fight scenes. This is stuff she has not
1: done in films yet. Marvel does a really good job of oftentimes casting somebody who maybe doesn't. Uh, at, the, at least in at, at appearance sake, have the physical prowess. Yeah. Take like Chris Pratt, for example, when he was in right. Parks and Rec. Right. Uh, I think Marvel has the right philosophy on casting, which is it's easy to give someone a trainer. It's easy to get someone in shape right. and give them someone to show them how to fight. It's less easy to take someone who's got the right physique and make them an amazing actor or actress. Yes. Agreed. And, Agreed. And Marvel has proven time and time again... If you look at their casting versus, you know, some other giant comic book labels casting in their films, they've done way, way better across the board. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think this is this is a no-brainer in terms of, of a casting option. It'll be interesting to see how they sort of fit the story into the MCU because right. in the comics, you know, Clint Barton was dead. I mean, she she was given Hawkeye's bow by I can't remember which character. I don't remember. Um, uh, But basically, also, this is a long-term investment in her. Like, not only would she be in a limited series, she is most likely going to pop up in further MCU films, especially
1: if they're assembling a new team.
0: They're absolutely assembling Young Avengers. Yeah,
1: well, that's Uh, good. That is happening. Uh, But I do think, I mean, like, Marvel does a really good job in their movies of none of the things that they do, whether it be Civil War, Infinity War, any of the things they do, they never are slavish to it has to be exactly the way the comic is like there's no issue of like well we have to kill hawkeye so that we can do the matt fraction story like hawkeye's had his day and and the way that he's been set up in the marvel universe especially with natasha gone after endgame I don't know that he wants to continue doing that life. He's got his family. That's what I think. I think yeah. that they. I think that he's not dead. I think what
0: they're going to use is that he wants to be away from He wants to give it up, and he needs to find someone who's going to take the spot, and that is Kate Bishop. And so, in a way, he's dead in that Hawkeye, his version of Hawkeye, is figuratively dead so that her version of Hawkeye could go on because he's already become Ronan, yeah. which is part of the story with her taking over Kate Bishop is when he becomes Ronan. And I also, so Ronan's already happened.
1: I also yeah. love the idea, yeah, I think it's in the first Avengers movie with Joss Whedon, but that yeah. where, uh, where, where Hawkeye and Black Widow have that kind of discussion where they kind of say that they're the humans mm. that are there amongst these gods. Right. And the idea that Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe would have this idea of like, look, there's always got to be someone to be the grounded one. Right. right. That's right. a great yeah. – Like, I think that's a great story. And I kind of feel like they're going to go somewhere in that general direction. And they briefly touched on that, maybe not
2: as well as they could have in Age of Ultron. Yeah. When Linda Cardellini, uh, Hawkeye's wife, Renner's
1: wife, is saying, like, you're important. Yeah. Like, they they need you. You know what? And I know we all knock on Age of Ultron, and it's definitely, in the big scheme of things, lower on the Marvel list. Sure. But I got to give Joss Whedon credit for all the problems that Age of Ultron has, is that that's the movie that gave us Hawkeye's family and Linda Cardellini, and that... Has paid off really well, I think. Yeah, I love the idea that Hawkeye has this family that's kind of just as important, if not more important, to him than the life that he leads as an Avenger. Well, not just that—the moving of the hammer,
0: that came back from Ultron. Yeah. The idea, the battle between Tony and Cap, which carried through because this idea of two different philosophies approaching the world—all of it. But was I had there. heard, and
1: I don't know if this is hundred percent true or not, but I had heard that you know, I mean, we all know because he basically said it that Age of Ultron almost killed Joss Whedon. Yes, he did say that. Uh, But I had heard that they got in a big fight that, like, whether it be Marvel or whoever, they wanted him to cut out the entire Hawkeye, stop at Hawkeye's house and meet Hawkeye's family thing. They were like, this is boring. We don't want this. We have too many other things to do to set up all the other things that we're doing. And that Joss Whedon really didn't like having to set up Ragnarok. Oh, And it was a big fight. And it kind of boiled down to he was like, I'll do your Ragnarok thing if you let me keep this. Right. And he really fought for it. Again, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard this from multiple sources. It
0: makes sense because he definitely spends more time with the Hawkeye family that feels more lived in and better than the clumsy way he tries to do Ragnarok. So –
1: uh, anyways, I do think that given what, whatever they're going to do with this Hawkeye series, I do think him yeah. having that family is now an important piece of his character, and that will yeah. lead into why we have a Kate Bishop.
0: And yeah. I, th- I think—oh, sorry, no, sorry. No, no, I was
1: going to say, for those of you that haven't read that
2: series, uh, the opening of Endgame where he is teaching his daughter to 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 shoot a bow and arrow, and he says, you know, good job, Hawkeye. I mean, that that's a quote from the book.
0: Yes, exactly. And if you're going to be moving into another phase of the MCU with these younger versions— of these characters you need to have it anchored with some strong actors and and uh steinfeld is absolutely that and if
1: nothing else she can
0: sing a song for the soundtrack because she's a really good singer
1: as well for the number (laughs) of hits love i love i love a good soundtrack song Hey, (laughs) i'm shooting arrows anyway uh all right uh what's our next thing uh well i think we should just keep with the marvel theme and in point (laughs) of fact we'll keep with the young avengers theme uh, got some more Young Avengers news. Uh, I'm going to talk about my favorite two Young Avengers, Hulkling and Wiccan. Oh, uh, you seem biased. Uh, a little biased. But before <laughs> before I get into the rumors about them, which kind of ties into what we've been talking about yeah. with Shannon's news, uh, you know, Wiccan and Hulkling were also in the news this week mm. uh, or in the past couple weeks in a pretty big way, causing some controversy. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, just as Kate Bishop is the young Hawkeye in Young Avengers. Uh, There are two other characters, uh, uh, Teddy and Billy, Hulkling and Wiccan, who are sort of, at the beginning of things, the young Hulk and the young Thor, although they change pretty drastically pretty quickly. Um, But the big thing about them is they are also uh, a gay couple who became one of the very popular gay couples in comics. Uh, So much so that they've caused some gay controversy uh, uh, in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Rio de Janeiro, for those of you that don't know, has a very evangelical mayor. Uh, named uh, Marcello Crivella, mm-hmm. and uh, at their biennial book fair, they—I don't know what got him upset about this—but uh, the Avengers: The Children's Crusade graphic Ooh. novel was yeah. on sale there, and that graphic novel has a picture of Hulkling and Wiccan kissing. And boy, I mean, that's—it's from like 2010. Like, it's not like it's new, right. but it really got him upset. And he aimed to get it banned. The mayor of Brazil. The mayor. Of, the mayor of the tri- city of the city tried to get it banned. Right. Uh, he just stormed off in his motorcycle. He just on a, yeah, if you heard that motorcycle. Yeah. That was him. He was very he was, upset. He was very upset. Uh, uh, and very upset. The uh, the book fair refused to do it, Good. but the comic book sold out by Friday. But uh, one of the Brazil's biggest newspapers got really annoyed about the entire situation and decided to put. Uh, Hulkling and Wiccan on the cover of their newspaper, Kissing. So it's just been international news that this Marvel comic with a gay couple kissing uh, just kind of riled everybody up. Um, So good on Hulkling and Wiccan. (laughs) But in addition to that, uh, the latest rumors to come out actually are that Hulkling is uh who let's give a little background on hulkling his actual name is teddy altman and although at the beginning of young avengers he looks like a young hulk that is not what his origin is he is actually part kree and part skrull the two alien races that are seen in captain marvel and he's a shapeshifter like the skrulls are and uh the rumor is that he's going to have a very small part in captain marvel 2 that will lead to a bigger role in a young avengers series on disney plus So in addition to that, uh, Wiccan, who is uh, named Billy Kaplan, Mm -hmm. in the comics is actually a weird sort of... uh, mental projection child of Scarlet Witch and Vision in one of her alternate realities that she creates in the comics. She has twin children. One of them is Billy. And through weird comic book logic, he became real in the comics. But with everything that people are seeing coming out of Wanda Vision and what it's going to be about and how it's about Wanda and the Vision and seeming to be her stepping into her Scarlet Witch powers, it seems that there's also a high likelihood that that could be an origin story for Wiccan within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, between that, Shannon, your news about Kate Bishop being cast, uh the fact that uh Cassandra Lang, Scott Lang's daughter, right. Ant-Man's daughter has been aged up because she didn't disappear in the blip. Right. Uh, so she's now of the right age. It really does seem like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is lining up their young Avengers. Oh, yeah. And you have a series based around another young character with Miss Marvel, right? Yeah. And although Miss Marvel was not uh, one of the Young Avengers when it came out, she came out. She came along later. Yeah. She absolutely. Uh, she's in a comic book right now called Champions, which is sort of like the new generation of Young Avengers. Right. And uh, she would absolutely fit within that Young Avengers mold. So totally. it really does seem like they are kind of stacking the deck in their favor. Uh, and in continuing on in what they seem they've been doing since Comic-Con, which is much better representation on screen of all different types of characters, different mm. ethnicities, different sexes, different sexual orientations. So oh, well, we'll it's uh, what you will see. Yeah,
0: we'll see. Where's the Latino? Who's the Latino? We, we
1: need we need them. Yeah, we need them. Yeah.
0: I hate to break a table. We're coming to space, too. <laughs> we're, we're coming everywhere. I'm getting a little sick of the MCU saying we're being diverse, and they'll go Asian, they'll go black, but they won't go Latino. Is there no Latinos in uh, Eternals? There really isn't. Interesting. Yeah, there hasn't. Well, some Hayek, Hayek is in it. But, you know, the character is not Latino, so that's a concern. All right, all right. No, that's a concern. We even have a black Captain
1: America. I mean, isn't it America Chavez is one of the Young Avengers? She, yes. So if they, move okay, her, so if America they Chavez her, when they, I tell you what. When they introduce her, then I'll be like, okay, right. thank you. I would be – I don't think she's too far behind. I, I think they're. Not. I think this is the way they're going. And what do you guys think about this, though? I mean, like, with all the things we talked about with Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, I mean, obviously people are excited about Fantastic Four. Obviously people are excited about X-Men. Obviously people are very sad about Spidey mm-hmm. and what's potentially going to happen there. But do we think – the audiences will follow into this new generation of younger heroes. It will be less well known. it'll be interesting to see what happens with Disney plus because yeah. if they are going
2: to be so tied into the movies where you have to have seen this show to then go see this movie and it would really help if you'd seen all the twenty movies before. it'll be interesting to see if the public at large can follow that big of a threat.
0: Yeah, I think for, for me as a comic book lover, obviously it excites me as a person who's, like the Avengers are basically my favorite team in comics, bar none, Justice League, X-Men included. I just love the Avengers for whatever reason and every version that they've come in, West Coast, I used to collect back when I in the, in the 80s and 90s and even the Young Avengers. I have all the collections that they do. I buy them every year at Comic-Con. Any collections of Avengers? You all right? Oh, old man stuff. But uh, yeah, so I love it, and I'm excited to see what they do with it because the Young Avengers were scoffed at when they first started out. So if that's kind of their way of being an underdog, that's going to make the public want to yeah, get I, on board with them and go forward with them.
1: Well, you're talking about this. I mean, when it was Alan Heinberg and uh, Jim Chung yep. did, did the original Young Avengers run, and when it came out, You're right. I wouldn't read it because the cover looked like baby Avengers. It looked like they were trying to just do like a Young Justice thing and it looked super cheesy. And then all of the characters ended up not having the origins that you thought they did like it was actually it didn't it wasn't young thor it wasn't young hulk that it was it looked like that and then they kind of changed everything and the young avengers became really really popular really quickly
2: i mean my guess right now and this is just what i came up with in the last 25 seconds who what was the um the young superhero team that started off civil war in the books was it the new it wasn't the new
1: warriors it, maybe it was the New Warriors. Because that's not, oh. cause, yeah, the beginning of Civil War is a young and inexperienced. I'm sorry. The beginning of Civil War, the comic book, yes. mm-hmm. is a young, inexperienced superhero team causing a massive explosion nearing a, during, near a school right. and killing a bunch of children. So do you think going
2: forward, we're, we're setting up this younger team that this is maybe how the next phase or the next. Uh, iteration of the bit of the main Avengers gets formed that the young Avengers maybe start something that they can't quite finish. And that's why the, the big guns have to be brought in. Maybe.
1: It was the new warriors.
0: You
2: guys
1: are right. It was, it was the new warriors. Maybe. I, I, I don't think they're going to set up a bunch of heroes and then have them fail, fail hard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They'll fail a little bit, but I mean, I think having them fail hard enough that the big adults have to come in, doesn't necessarily set them up to be the next generation of exactly, heroes. Exactly. But maybe, we'll see. But there there I, I do think there could be elements of we're an inexperienced team who don't know what we're doing hundred percent. Right. They could definitely come into play in storytelling. And,
0: and don't be surprised that it's that all these shows are one season. These Disney Plus shows are one season, maybe two. And yeah, the Young know. Avengers could be one season that leads into. the Yeah, being I know when uh, when I wasn't
1: right. here, when I was at of Burning Man, I know Kalinowski was saying he thought uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon could be multiple seasons, but I don't think any of yeah. these Disney Plus shows are going to be. It's too expensive. It, a, it's too expensive. But I don't think that they sustain multiple seasons the way that a regular TV show would because they are bridges to get to the next chapter of a movie. So I I don't know. We'll see. But who knows?
0: Yeah, because none of those TV shows are supposed to have their own films in Phase 4. They're just there in the TV show format for now until we get to Phase Five. Then they'll leapfrog back into movies and whatever they're going to do in Phase Five and what have you. So. And they
2: haven't announced any release dates for Moon Knight,
1: Miss Marvel, or She-Hulk. Oh hell right? no! Like that there haven't been any. No, they haven't done casting, so let alone release. I days. do think maybe this is just wishful thinking. I do think some of them, like She-Hulk, yeah, could potentially, if the tone was right, she could have like a TV show that went on indefinitely because it's just a superhero procedural and then she shows up in the movies for what she shows up into but like some of the stars can come to her like you could have uh you know Bree Larson show up as 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 Captain Marvel yeah. because she needs She-Hulk to help her on a case I don't know what are you laughing about I just had an idea what
2: case is that I just had a really bad idea about Steve Rogers having a bunch of unpaid parking tickets (laughs) and old man Steve Rogers has to be defended by She-Hulk
1: oh my god that's brilliant by the way (laughs) hashtag hashtag woodwatch (laughs) that's Harvey Birdman at law that's what (laughs) you're talking about well no but I mean the She-Hulk comics if you've ever read them like uh, not the most recent She-Hulk run that was a bit more serious because she was dealing with some trauma but like the She-Hulk comics are a little bit traditionally a little bit ridiculous. They're wonky. And wonky, but in the best possible yes. ways. I yes. mean, really, really, really funny. Kind of like, really kind of poking fun at the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And I, it would be great if the She-Hulk series went down that road. Is Spider-Woman in play? Or is she Sony? She's Sony. She would be Sony. Damn. Yeah. All, Everything in the Spider-Man universe is Sony's? Every single thing in the Spider-Man universe, every character in the Spider-Man universe, locations in the Spider-Man universe are Sony's and Marvel cannot touch them. How much would the internet break if
0: for Young Avengers,
1: Tom Holland Oh, Although I did away. read although I did read in an article, I'm yeah. sorry, hold on. Jessica Drew, yeah. who is Spider-Woman, yes. can I I just read this today. I believe according to the Sony deal, she can appear in the Marvel Universe as Jessica Drew, as a spy, as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but you are not allowed to mention anything about any spider abilities or spider powers. So she can be Spider-Woman in Sony Universe, but she could only be Jessica Drew's secret agent in the Marvel Universe. Jessica Drew's
0: secret agent. (laughs) Um, You threw me off my train of thought. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Would it be possible if Tom Holland walks away from Spider-Man, becomes Iron Lad. Is that possible? No. Okay. I'm just saying. A Young Avengers led by Tom Holland with Kaylee Steinfeld, with the, the actress who plays Stature, Cassie Lang. This is a kind of a kick-ass Avengers. Listen, thing.
1: I'm just hoping and praying that in the next few years, Sony blinks and we just get Spidey back. Uh-
2: there was a, It wasn't an article from The yeah. Onion, but it was a similar sort of, you know, satirical site where it said, New actor Ham Tolland to star a new Night Monkey series for, for MZ.
1: <laughs> Night <laughs> Monkey.
0: Someone, one of my uh, followers uh, tweeted me this, and I, I, I've been saying this a couple of shows and I forget the person's name, but they said, what if Marvel kind of manipulated this situation because they weren't going to use Spider-Man anyway in Phase 4. So they let Sony have Spider-Man, they fuck it up, and then they slide right back in to renegotiate for Phase 5 to bring Sony back to the MCU. And I was like, that's some long-term thinking. That's some brilliant
1: long-term thinking. You know what my favorite thing is about the Internet? (laughs) Is that everybody thinks that people working at studios are way smarter than they are. Oh. Like, no, like, I'm just telling you, Here nobody nobody is doing, like, four-level Star Trek chess at the studios. <laughs> like, it's just not happening. First of all, it wasn't four levels, it was 3G.
0: <laughs> um, well, do
1: th- you don't think Feige would be one of those people that could po- be five steps ahead? No. Okay. I think that Feige's like, I want Spider-Man. Let's yeah. keep Spider-Man. But if, like, if Sony's being weird about it, whatever, yeah. it's like having... Having dealt with Marvel to a small capacity when I was at Sony, when we were doing Spectacular Spider Man, the animated series, yeah. like, there's not that level of thinking. Okay. There's yes or fuck you no. <laughs> <laughs> like, we went. Uh, can I say this? I think I can say this. I hope you, you can know. Say Greg this. Weissman had some awesome ideas this for. This is going like, to be the headline of the show, so you better be able to say had it. Had yeah. awesome ideas for, like, bringing in. Captain Mar—he had a great Captain Marvel cameo. This he had a great Hulk idea for spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. and just you know, just given the Sony Marvel of it all, you just we just weren't allowed to do it. Like yeah. there was just no way to make it work. Wow, interesting.
2: All right, so we'll see what happens. Certainly, well, so well, it's exciting. You look at Phase Four. I mean, there's no the 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 big offerings there's no reason for him to pop up. Yeah, that's what
0: I'm saying right now. So that's why I think that's where that theory came from is the person was like, well, there's no reason to have Spider-Man. I do think like
1: the saving grace of it all is that is that I think that we have a couple years where Spider-Man's lack of presence won't be missed. Yeah. So hopefully at some point within there, it gets worked out, and you're like, okay, whoo, he's back in, he's yeah, back and, in, just in time.
0: And maybe he launches that Spider Verse on the Sony side with Silver and Black and the Venom Two, and uh, a couple other things that they have been kicking uh, around. Mor- Morbius, Morbius, right? Yeah. And then goes, okay, I, I, great, you know, thanks for letting. Like, we're gonna move him back into the MCU. I mean, look, I know,
1: I know and then Miles Morales so, slides in. I know Sony came out, Sony came out and said, like, oh yeah, we think we learned what we needed to learn oh from Kevin God. Feige. We've got to yeah. figure it out. They do not. Damn. They're gonna they're gonna get two more. They're gonna get an, yep. a Venom movie and a Morbius movie or something, and Tom Holland's gonna show up into it, and it's gonna be such a mess. It'll be so ridiculous yep. that people are gonna freak out, and Sony will go running back to Disney. That is my. Oh, well, there was a. It was that is my prediction. It wasn't
2: from Rothman. It was from their other. Yeah, yeah, the other CEO. Their, their other big guy. Yeah, he was at a variety said, event where he's just like, well, you know, Kevin didn't do everything. Yeah. Oh we got, my God. We, we got some good people too. It it's was like,
0: such shade. <laughs> He was like, Kevin has, you know, Kevin's tired. Kevin's got a lot, he had handled by a lot of characters. You know, we know what we're doing, too. And it's like, I'm looking at your track record, and I don't think you do. And it's
2: one of those situations, if you have to tell someone that you know what you're doing, right. you I, probably don't know what you're I'll doing. I'll
1: tell about. you right now, I think, I think that I would not be surprised if Sony places their trust in Spider-Man in Lord and Miller. Which wouldn't be a bad Which idea. Which wouldn't be bad. Of course. I think that Lord and Miller But he they already have a deal with Nef- with uh, another with Netflix, Lord and Miller. Or another studio
0: with and, and Sony. They're doing they have another deal with somebody else. You're you're right. Yeah. I, so they I, can't I do shit with Sony.
2: I wanna say it's universe. Yeah,
0: it's universal. They have a deal with Universal. We'll Don't see. be surprised to see Hulk under Lord and Miller with Amy Pascal there making it happen and Namor Submariner. And Lord Miller slide their way into the MCU by Pascal negotiating a deal with Marvel. You think Aquaman could be funny. (laughs) What do you see what we do? I got a grumpy guy with uh, some eyebrows over here who's got something to say. We'll see. We'll see. He's got wings on his feet. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Let's move on to our main topic. Uh, uh, As we said at the beginning of the show, uh, we're talking about this... uh, uh, Michael uh, 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 sent this article to us from Empire Online and it it talked about how... Joker uh, essentially might be the Joker next step. Joker and Endgame and, is and what Endgame the article might is about. Be the next step to, where, to the possibility of a comic book yeah. superhero movie getting best Now, this article got awesome. a lot of shade. Not nominated. Winning. Yeah,
1: the article got a lot of shade on Twitter today because the headline made it sound like no comic book movies have ever been in contention. Right, right. And, Realistically, yeah. they haven't. Well, Heath Ledger won a posthumous Oscar for the role of the Joker. If he hadn't died, I wonder if he would have won. I think he would have won. I think he would have won regardless. Uh, but Dark Knight was not. right. Well, Dark Knight was not nominated, but then and you know Black Panther was nominated for best original best movie last, it last was. year. It did win three Oscars. Right, Texas so, s- score well, and score score, score, score being and the score. biggest one. Uh, so comic book movies have been within the realm of the Oscars. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like they've been completely shut out, but a comic book movie has not won Best Picture, right, or a Best Actor. Best supporting with Heath Ledger, I think, is the top that has yep. been. Yep. So. And empire the Empire article, once you go in and read it, it does mention all the wins that they've had. But mm-hmm. it says that it just still hasn't cracked that, that big that big award. Right. The best and picture. that even with the Oscars sort of extending the best picture category from five movies to ten movies to uh, include some of the more popular films. Right. Uh, which is how A Black Panther got in there, how some of the other things got in there. They still haven't necessarily won. Right. And that given the buzz on Joker... And given just the sheer, ridiculous success of Endgame, mm-hmm. and that much like Return of the King, Endgame is a culmination of this big story, both of them have sort of a better shot, and is this the year that's going to happen? And also, yep. what the fuck, Oscars? Why do you not let superhero? and not just Oscars. I think that even people who are movie fans have this, well, this is an award-winning film, and right. you're a comic book movie. You're fun— but you're not a real. It's the same thing we've been talking about last week. It's well, kind of our constant theme yeah. of giving these these movies the respect that they're due.
0: Yeah, and I think the Golden Lion. I mean, think Venice winning the Golden Lion award is really important for Joker because that gives it prestige. I mean, this is a, yeah. this is a this is an award that only seven American films have won in the history. Of the award that goes all the way back to like the 40s or 50s, so that's pretty incredible. Uh, Brokeback Mountain won Shape the of Water, Line. Shape of Water won the Golden Line. so it has at times led to a Best Picture win for that movie. So it's a prestigious award to win for that film. Uh, so it, that's what's really started the buzz, and I, and I think what was great about this article is one, it made two excellent points in my opinion. One, talking about the Academy getting younger. Getting more diverse, so they'll be more open to these films that are more popular films, or films that have comic book su- superheroes or comic book villains in them. And the second thing is that uh, the progression of how we've slowly started to accept these films as the uh, as places to put a lot of creative people in, uh, and everything that has uh, blossomed from that. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I like the idea that Joe. Oh, and also that. Uh, critics will uh, can say to themselves, well, this is not really a comic book slash superhero film. This is more of a gritty 70s, like man against the systemic corruption of institution type film with mental health stuff. He's in an interracial relationship. There's a lot here, uh, that here that feels like one man against the world, which is what a lot of the 70s films uh, and the great films were are about.
1: I, I think part of it is both Marvel and DC in their own ways, comic book movies have matured. Yes. I think that Marvel—I mean, look, I love the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. But when you go back and compare, like, say, Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, the first ones, to Ragnarok, Guardians, Infinity War, Endgame. Sure. I mean, the movies have become much bigger, much more complex, much better made. Uh, they've just matured. And now that they've kind of gone through all the way up to end game, like you can just see with the directors they're choosing the way they're handling these movies. Like there's a, there's, there's more of a confidence and a maturity to the way that Marvel is telling their stories. Yeah. DC on the other path has just kind of struggled. Uh, but I think to their credit with Joker, it was kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. This isn't going to be a part of anything we're taking this character and we're just going to do our thing with it. And that seems to have paid off too. So I think both are different ways that they've sort of matured in using the comic book genre to tell these stories. And I feel like the genre has caught up to the point where people can't deny that it is a valid source material for strong cinematic content the way they could have three, four, five, six years ago.
2: Well, and I think where DC and Warner Brothers struggled was with the Interconnected universe aspects because it was their movie, The Dark Knight, not getting nominated, which has kind of spurred this whole thing on. Yeah. Like, do you think if The Dark Knight got nominated for that fifth spot back in uh, what was it two thousand eight two thousand eight? Um, I don't think the Oscars would have gone to ten. They wouldn't have gone to ten, but also would this argument be happening? Because like, well, no, of course not. You you got one, you got one, and it was and it was deserved, and it was really good. This other stuff because. I do hear you that, you know, we're 20, 25, 26 movies into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Amongst those films, do I think that any of them are realistic best picture contenders? Maybe two. Yeah. Which, what are the two? Uh, Black Panther and Endgame. Yeah. And maybe Infinity War.
1: I think that's accurate. I, well, this gets into a bigger discussion would of like. I Ragnarok in the mix. I really would. I mean, comedies don't typically. Yeah, I know. Uh, do I mean, Oscars? I him, But that's a, that's a shortcoming of the Academy. For sure. And
0: so I would say to solve both, Two Birds and One Stone is uh, is Ragnarok. I would actually
1: put Winter Soldier in there. Yes, as like a, I, I think Winter Soldier is a movie. I would have to go back and look at what else came out that year. But I think Winter Soldier is a movie that is deserving. It's just such a good, good movie. And
0: once again, it's it's about bigger thoughts, bigger concepts, bigger issues and the characters happen to be superheroes in the movie but there's nothing like cosmic it's Captain America and it's Black Widow, two yeah. of the most, and Falcon with an adjusted wing thing. So the, all three of them are are regular human beings who have become
1: these I kind like of. This, I like this, this like hunchback thing that you just did <laughs> with just yourself. Saying, when you saying, said adjusted wing. Well, I'm just saying to put it on. So it's not. It's not that. <laughs> like if you Sam guys Wilson, see John, Sam Wilson, John has. John sort, of, John sort of hunched over <laughs> and like and like put his hand on his back like it yeah. was his wing
0: pack. Well, I'm just saying Sam Wilson doesn't have any superpowers. He just wears a a a, a contraption, a tech tech. That allows him to fly yeah. around and do these things. Same thing with Black Widow; she doesn't have superpowers. She's just a good assassin and a spy. Captain America had truth had the serum. Sorry, not truth serum, but the serum put him in. He's like however strong he is and incredible he is. But they're all human beings.
1: Yes. Well I so mean all superheroes sure. are human beings, Johnny. Well,
0: no, Thor's not. Or he's not a human being.
1: Zing. He's his guardian. zinged me. (laughs) I did. You know, you've taught me over the years how to fight you well. Uh, Uh, (laughs) No, but I do. But I think, but so I think, Shannon, to your point, I don't disagree. Like, I think that many of the Marvel movies, as good and fun and great as I find them, aren't necessarily best picture movies. But I do think that what Marvel has done is just built movies on such a scale that you cannot deny the cinematic achievement that they are. And DC has gone a different route and says, we're going to take some of these characters and do these prestige formats the same way that DC does very well in their graphic novels. Mm -hmm. And I think that seems to be paying off for them. So in a way, it's great. Like as much as I, and I've said this before, as much as I as a comic book fan would be so happy to see a DC interconnected universe that actually worked and made sense and was satisfying. uh, At the same time, if I got to go see uh, an adaptation of Superman for All Seasons or All Star Superman yeah. or Red a live action Dark Knight Returns, yeah, yeah. or, you know I mean? Like, there's, I wouldn't be mad if they just did these prestige films that took these characters and that's the route that they went and they racked up the Oscars and Marvel racked up the box office and we all reaped the benefits. That wouldn't be horrible. Well, and, and the thing
0: is with Marvel, Marvel makes you sit up and take notice. They're going to keep doing their thing. It's up to you to come to them. Whereas with DC, DC is a little more like, yeah, this could be possible. Try to, let's see what happens. Maybe we'll get nominated. But Marvel just goes, fuck I, you, you come to us. You know what will like-
1: be funny? You know what will be funny? And this this will be interesting to see, is that I think yeah. Marvel is so used to DC sort of being the less popular kid who's chasing them at high school. yeah. Like Marvel's like the most popular kid at high school, just kind of like strutting around doing their thing. And DC's like, no, but look what we got! Look what we got! And if DC wins an Oscar for Joker, and Marvel will be like, wait, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And then Marvel will start chasing the Oscar while DC is chasing that. Like it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down, right? Would you say it would would it be an upset if Endgame wins
0: the Oscar for Best Picture? It'll never happen. It'll never happen.
2: I do you I, think it'll get nominated? I I think think with 10 movies, I
1: think with 10 movies, the sheer, it's the scale of Endgame, the box office of Endgame, everything about it. And like I said, it's the same way that like Return of the King had that sort of like, we're not really giving you the Oscar. We're giving the achievement achievement of making these three movies. It's like marvel has such an achievement in what they did and giving endgame a nomination at least or even an award is almost like a recognition of the achievement Mm -hmm. um and so in that respect i could see it but based on everything we're hearing and again none of us have seen it yet but uh based on everything we're hearing about the critical response to joker i think that seems like the more likely bet
0: well, and I want to give credit to Ben S. Travis. He's the guy who wrote the article for Empire, so we want to make sure he gets the appropriate credit for us talking about it. But he lays out a lot of great points how this has been coming. This has been building step-by-step step over the last 10 years to this point. Started with the Dark Knight thing. Logan, of course, we haven't mentioned, one for adapted screenplay. So those little things that they Did win or oh, I'm nominated? Sorry, got nominated, they're yeah, nominated step-by-step step, that lead to this position. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got some flack from the guys that, or from the people at Collider You haven't even seen Joker. How could you be predicting that it'll win Best Picture? And I'm like, the buzz around this thing is insane. The normally highfaluting sites and newspapers that normally scoff at comic book heroes or superhero movies being nominated for Best Picture are giving this thing like 5 out of 5 or 10 out of 10, saying that it's a film they have to sit with, that it fucks them up, that they have to take time figuring out how much they actually love it. That tells me this is a film that has a real shot. And I think the other thing is this, Mike and Shannon. There has not been a, like overwhelming choice for best picture and we're in fucking September.
1: No, oh, we don't want to get into another Green Mile situation. Green Book. Oh yeah, I like the Green Mile. Yeah, Green Mile we don't is want to get, a good movie. We don't want to get in another Green Book situation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Hold on. Like reverse that. <laughs> <laughs> well and by the
0: way, Green Book is not a, a bad movie. I enjoyed Green Book, it's not a best picture. You know? I enjoyed the blind side. Not a best picture. So it's just those those kinds of things that it's a little frustrating at times, so and I, and I, I hope I think with the change in uh, the membership of the academy, this pot may, and maybe Joker doesn't win, but I think we're closer to the possibility of it happening than ever before.
1: I think I think the bigger thing to look out for more than like as much as everybody loves talking about who's going to win what's going to get nominated Mm kind of to your point about some of these other movies it's like in the big scheme of things it doesn't matter the movies that we love the movies that stick with us are the movies that we love and the award doesn't really matter at the end of the day but i do think that the award is an indicator of what is seen as like high art versus low art and i do think that as i said comic book movies as a genre Kind of with Endgame being the culmination of what Marvel did and with Joker coming out on the DC side, it just feels like we're stepping into a new era where we're going to start seeing different kinds of stories, a maturity, a confidence... uh, in the way that we take the superhero story and break it down and tell the story in different ways than we've seen up to this point, which I think is gonna be a win for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, even including Spider Verse into the Spider Verse last year on the animated side, Mm -hmm. like you just with all these things you see that it it's not that the superhero movie after superhero movie after superhero movie has beaten us down in submission. If anything, because we've had so many movies, because they do well, it's giving everybody the freedom to go further, which I think is really interesting. Absolutely. Well and I think
2: the great thing about Spider Verse is that was unabashedly a superhero movie. Yep. Whereas you can argue with the Dark Knight and maybe with the Joker, like, oh these are sort of like seventies style, Mm -hmm. gritty movies. Well again, we haven't
1: seen Joker, but I think you're right. But
2: I mean what we're being let what we are being fed right now.
1: Yeah. I would say I would I would say that that is sounds like that's true from everything we've seen of the Joker. I would disagree on the Dark Knight. I think that Christopher Nolan's Batman movies are 1,000% superhero movies, but they are Batman movies. Mm -hmm. The same way that, like, Batman Year One, Batman Dark Knight Returns, and the graphic novel form are darker, grittier, realer than, say, an X-Men run or an Avengers run, I think what Christopher Nolan did with the Batman movies just nailed everything that Batman was supposed to be just in a more grounded way than we're used to seeing. Well, and I think where
2: I would push back, we might be saying the same thing, is I don't... I, Christopher Nolan didn't make a superhero movie. Christopher, me, Christopher Nolan made a movie with a superhero in it. Yeah. And I think that's a and the difference. That's
1: mm-hmm. yes, what the difference
0: between you two. Maybe. I, th- I would agree <laughs> with that, I think. I would. Because that's why Joker's not... Joker's just there. And he's a crime... Essentially a crime boss doing what he's doing for chaos. But his overall point is that human beings uh, are one bad day away from doing terrible you shit You literally just quoted Alan Moore's Killing Joke yeah, so well, yeah Al, which I is don't,
1: a comic but, book But see but once again those are but that's an elevated comic book it's not but, a regular comic book But that's what I'm saying is that the best Batman because Batman isn't doesn't have superpowers even in the comics obviously we all know this but like right. because Batman doesn't have superpowers and most of his rogues gallery don't have superpowers per se, the stories tend to be more grounded. And whereas Tim Burton and especially Joel Schumacher went in one direction. I think what Christopher Nolan did, I I don't, let me put it this way. I think had Christopher Nolan done what he did with the Batman movies with like say Superman or Wonder Woman or anything else, It wouldn't have worked because it's not a superhero movie, but because it's Batman, that's exactly what Batman was supposed to be, I think. Well, I think it did work. I think we're all saying the same thing, except I'm saying it better than everybody is what I think. Oh, boy. Of course. Agree to agree agree with me.
0: Um, I'm going to say you're wrong about the Christopher Nolan thing because it did work in Man of Steel superman
1: i well I, we definitely don't agree right. on that i think that should have been nominated for best <laughs> picture i mean well I, now we're just having crazy talk I,
0: I, I would tell you right now i think man of Steel. if there had been 10 slots with man of steel i think there was maybe there, there, was. there, there was yeah there was i think
1: man of steel should have been nominated for best yeah. picture
0: absolutely
2: i i i enjoy man of steel i don't know if i can quite get on oh, okay
0: get, you don't get, like human store you know uh, yeah. he's a kryptonian but it's a human story
1: Sure. But oh, really? Because you told me that Thor wasn't human a few minutes ago. Yeah, but he
0: doesn't crying for his mom. Well,
1: he was, I guess. He, he was cried like a baby. My
0: bad. You're right. <laughs> By the way, I watched Endgame coming from Sydney and to Sydney. We literally just had this conversation on the last episode. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm telling the same story. Oh, my God, I'm telling the same story over again. Oh, no. Is this how it starts? Okay,
2: well, to, to endgame, yeah, yeah. Um, when I knew you guys were going to be watching the movie tonight, I was like, oh, should I go and see something just so I can, you oh. know, I'll be around here. And I, I missed the, you know, got, went past the point of, no, uh, point of no return to leave, and I was like, you know what? I was going to put on endgame
1: ah. and just had it on in the background
2: Yeah. as I'm eating. my uh, It's chips. such a good film. My friend
1: My friend Bernie in San Francisco, had never seen endgame and so l- two nights ago two nights ago he was like i was like what are you doing tonight he's like i'm gonna watch endgame i'm gonna give myself a facial and i'm gonna just sit uh, i'm gonna put a little face mask on i'm gonna have some tea and i'm gonna watch endgame and i'm like great what time are you starting was like 6:45. i'm like tell me when to hit play so we watched it together <laughs> that's
0: awesome did i
1: tell you i watched endgame on the way to sydney
2: <laughs> but not on the way back right not on the way back <laughs> No, no, not on the way back.
0: Uh. Um, well, a way we wanted we talked about wrapping this up is talking about um the comic that got us into comics and I would probably venture that all of our choices all three of our choices are probably more of the cinematic style of comics maybe. So, uh
1: who wants to go first? You mean like a graphic novel? Maybe. You go first. What's yours? Dark Knight Returns. All right, it well, really minus well, mine is Dark Knight Returns is part of my answer. Okay. I was
0: 14 or 15 when Dark Knight Returns came out. I remember I just started like the idea of a folder, this idea of a folder at a comic book shop. And I remember that the comic book shop, this was in Woodbridge, Virginia. I can't remember the comic book shop, but you would go into the back room and they would have reading. So you would go, it would be reading comics. So it would essentially be like a reading room for comics. So you would go in the back, sit down on these stools, and people would just read their comics. And you're all just reading comics together. No one's talking. Is that a comic book shop or is that a library? No, it was a comic book shop in the back room area. And the guy who runs it suggested Dark Knight Returns to me. And I started reading Dark Knight Returns and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I knew Batman from Adam West. I had not read any of the Batman stuff that was in. So when I started with Dark Knight Returns, I was hooked from that point on and my my folder at one point had like stacks and stacks of titles because back then it was seventy five cents for a fucking issue of comics. It wasn't that big. It wasn't five bucks. <laughs> Are you buying issue? comics in nineteen thirty three? I'm just telling you, it was seventy five cents. <laughs> <laughs> the big supersize a
2: dollar twenty five. That's it. Oh god, Get fifty cents worth of uh, extra material, which is
1: double
0: the mass.
2: <laughs> what about you, Shannon? Uh, Batman four forty which Ooh, I,
0: interesting!
2: i literally i mean i had to look up the number hmm. um but it was uh, issue one of a lonely place of dying which was the miniseries oh, where they introduced yeah. tim drake as robin
1: right and 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 d de- introduced jason todd well no that was death in the family, yeah, that, death and was, the family that was that was, was right oh. before that's the joke um, is when tim drake uh figured out bruce wayne was batman yep it's when he went and stalked uh oh right yes yeah. um
2: So, you know, Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, the first one came out in 89, uh, was such a big fan of that movie. My sister was on some shopping trip, brought me a Batman comic, and that was the Batman comic that she bought me. And I didn't realize, because it was a five-part miniseries, two of those parts, the even issues were in New Titans, because Dick Grayson was, uh, was involved with it as well. And... Because Batman, you could get at, like, the regular grocery store or the department, you know, whatever, wherever they were selling comics. But not New Titans. Not New no, Titans. Right. So to this day, I have never read issue two of A Lonely Place of Dying. <laughs> I, I, I read issue four. Like, wow. I, I went into the Yellow Pages, um, found a comic book shop, got my mom <laughs> <The> Yellow Pages. <laughs> for our younger listeners, that's a giant book.
1: That's that the, that's the book the that we had, we had before we could related. just light, look it up on Google. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. <laughs>
2: but i had my mom take me to a local comic book store and she was aghast because the guy behind the register was eating pizza yeah. <laughs> straight out of the box <laughs> of
0: course what can i help you with uh, what are you looking for
2: <laughs> but we got the new tit- uh new titan issue which w- would have been uh the second new titan issue issue number 4 right. and then i was able to get number 5 and number 3 at like the local like the grocery store wow. but yeah that was the one that was the one that did it uh,
1: uh so my answer is sort of mirrors both of yours uh, I was not a comic book guy at all. Okay. Uh, never read comic books as a little kid. Which and is then shocking to hear. In yeah. 1989, when I was 12, uh, Batman, Tim Burton's Batman came out. Oh, yeah. And I am not shitting you when I say that I knew that Batman was like a superhero who dressed like a bat and that Robin was his sidekick, and that's pretty much, I think, all I knew. You
2: didn't watch Super Friends? Uh,
1: I, d- I didn't really watch a ton of Super Friends. Wow. I, d- I literally wasn't really a superhero guy. Huh. Um, and then... I got so excited about Batman coming out. Like, that summer was that Batmania summer where, like, just Batman was everywhere. And I walked into Walden Books at the Oaks Mall in Gainesville, Florida. There you go. And they had, like, uh, one of the end caps set up with just, like, uh, what do you need to know about Batman? And it had the 50 greatest Batman stories ever told, the 50 greatest Joker stories ever told, Batman the Killing Joke, Batman Year One, And Batman: Dark Knight Returns. So, of course, me being Michael Vogel, I bought all of them. I'll
0: take all of column (laughs) A and
1: column B. All of these, please. (laughs) Uh, And I went home, and I think I started with the 50 Greatest Batman and the 50 Greatest Joker. Uh, And I went through, and I was like, I I was 12 years old. So, like, Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns particularly were like a little heavy for me. Yeah. Uh, And with Dark Knight Returns, like, again, I was sort of a neophyte to comics, so I knew who Superman was, obviously, but, like, Selina Kyle, Harvey Dent, uh, you know, uh, Oliver Queen shows up at the end. Like, I, I did not know who a lot of these people were. I still loved the comic, but I didn't really get it. Uh, then you know. Then became a comic book guy. Went back and read it later, and was like, "Oh shit, everyone's in this thing." Right. Um, but yeah, but that was it. Was Batman? It was Tim Burton's Batman that got me in, and it was that shelf at Walden Books where I just fucking went crazy and read all of those things. So, so for Batman all for us, all of us. For all of us, it was Batman. Yeah. How fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So right. you didn't develop your Superman complex until after you were twelve. Superman complex didn't start until senior year of high school, freshman year of college. Oh. Right? That's where I. Bec- that's where I fully realized that I. Literally was Superman. Okay. <laughs> Actually, we'll end on this. But like, I, like this, like we're oh, all will end on this. Oh, will we? We'll end on this. Oh, will we, Mike? Well, you were giving me the wrap-up sign. I just was trying to say oh, what no, you it was, said. It was more the
0: unbelievable sign about the Superman thing. But yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what i was gonna say? Go is ahead, last son of crypto. I, I was talking go about
1: ahead. this. Like I always say, to, I used to always say to people, like I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of like a Superman. I gotta find my lowest lane until someday somebody said to me one day they were like, really, you gotta find your lowest lane? And I was like, yeah. And they're like why don't you describe Lois Lane to me? And I was like, what? She's really opinionated. She's bossy. She always wants to get her way. Mm -hmm. She... Oh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I'm a Lois Lane. I gotta find my Clark Kent. I I get it now. I get it. Yeah, you're
0: Lewis Lane. So my Lewis I gotta
1: find (laughs) I'm Lewis Lane, everybody. Come on. on. Nice to meet you.
0: (laughs) What's your quote on this? Uh, all right, well there we go. That's our episode. We're at the hour mark. We should wrap this thing up. We gotta go to bed. Oh, should Uh, we wrap it up? Oh oh, oh, yes. Yes, we should wrap it up. (laughs) Wrap it up. I'll take it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for, we want to thank everybody for uh, listening and downloading this episode. And thank you for everyone who's like telling, giving us compliments or comments on the show in person. And online. It's been really nice to see this thing growing step by step, week by week. And there's more to come. Michael and I were talking about this. Shannon, it's first you're hearing about this. I think we we're kicking around doing an Oscar special down the road where, where people can watch the Oscars with us. And by that, I mean we'll jump in during the breaks and we'll have our conversation about what we yep. just saw and move right back into watching. So maybe we'll watch the Oscars together and do a live stream once we set up. And we'll be setting that up, too, really soon. We'll be on camera really soon. That's the next step for Geek Buddies. That is certainly coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, maybe we'll be
2: talking about the Joker. Yes. We'll see. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't be a bad. No, if you would like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. And on Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy.
1: Uh, and let's get a little conversation on Twitter going. Let us know what uh, what is the comic book that got you guys into this whole crazy world. Was it a Marvel? Was it a DC? What was it? How old were you? Uh, what are your memories? Let's, uh, let's get that going. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag, my first comic. Ooh, good, that's a good hashtag. Uh, and and yeah, and uh, please, when
0: you're listening to us, if you listening to us on iTunes, uh, give us some ratings, give us some reviews. Some of you left some nice reviews, but like, we'd like to get more and more reviews because if more and more reviews happen. More and more ratings happen. We move up uh, uh, on the list there, and more people can discover us and find us. So please, do us a solid. Do us a, uh, do us a kindness. Do us a kindness. Do, them, do us a mitzvah. And uh, uh, oh, there's another one. Schneid mitzvah. <laughs> I'm all over it. Uh, what, was uh, it? Uh, the <laughs> what was it? The <laughs> schlamazel? What was it? Schlemiel. <laughs> awesome, Kevin <laughs> Uh and, and give us some love there on uh, the social media. You can follow Michael at MK Tune, and you can follow me at The Roka Says. And uh, thanks for thanks for listening to this episode of the, the Geek, Geek Buddies. Hey.